0: a mighty rushing wind, like tongues of living fire, the Spirit fills the place where God's people meet. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human mind conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him, has now been revealed by the Spirit. So let us worship our generous God. Let us give God thanks for the gift of the Holy Spirit the breath of love. Let us sing our first hymn together. Wonderful are you, creating spirit, who from the very beginning have brooded over the world with loving, creative intent. Wonderful are you, endowing spirit, who filled Jesus of Nazareth with the courage of the costliest saving love. Wonderful are you, inflowing spirit, who gave birth to the church and fills it with gifts for compassionate service throughout the world. We, your children, worship and adore your glory, world without end. And so we pray, as our Lord Jesus taught us, each in our own language. Our Father, Lord. Festival time. And Jerusalem was full of people from all over the world, really. Faithful Jewish pilgrims coming from very far lands and nearby, all wanting to visit the temple. So the local inns were full, the cooks were without legs, so to speak, they were working hard all the time cooking. Taking requests, somebody later tried to make a map of all those people who came to visit because some of the places sounded really exotic. Some others were more known. So you had some Parthians, you had Medes, you had Elamites, you had people visiting from Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and even the Cyrenine-occupied parts of Libya. There were immigrants from Rome, both Jews and the converts. There were even some Cretans and some Arabs. All of them were there. And Jerusalem was a really, really lively place to be. Well, somewhere there, in Jerusalem, in a house, there was a gathering. The 11 were there. The women were there, the ones who had seen the empty tomb first. The disciples who had seen Jesus appear to them after the resurrection and who then saw Jesus disappear in front of their eyes, leaving them a promise, a promise of a spirit, of an advocate, of a counselor, of comforter. He said he would ask the Father to send it so that they would not be alone. They were not quite sure what to make of it. So they did the only thing they could do. They gathered together and kept mulling over the stories, the events that took place over the Easter. What did it all mean? What did the promise mean? And then it happened. Suddenly, a rush of hurricane, really. Noise, movement, something like a wind filled the room. And something like fire descended upon them. On their heads, on each one of them. And yes, they felt it. Their hearts warmed, their mouths bursting with words as if they've been numb mute all of their lives until now. And they spoke. They spoke about God's glory, about God's mighty acts in the past and all the wonders that were still to happen in the future. They just couldn't stop talking. And before they knew it, there was a crowd around them. The locals and so many of those visitors were just rushing to find out what on earth was happening there. And they were really bewildered they kept asking each other how come we can understand each other's language and these people talking they are from the province they are the, the, the locals how is it that we can understand each other's language what does it mean Some others thought they had an answer. And they said, these people are drunk. What does all this mean? The people were asking, and I think that's still the question that we have to ask today. When we see something unusual, what does it mean? Is there... A simple, clear explanation of what's happening? Or could it be, could it just be that God's Spirit continues to move in our world, even today? Just as a prophet had said, ages and ages, ages ago, that God's Spirit would fill the earth and all of us would be touched by the Spirit's power. What does it all mean is a difficult question, and you can't answer it that easily. But I think we need to keep asking. And to give us a start of an answer, the church keeps saying that God's spirit is indeed still moving throughout the world, even today, even amongst us. So that's where we're going to sing Affirming It. It's kind of a dancey song. I could almost imagine those of you who are leaving for your activities dancing out at the third verse if you want to.
1: Um,
0: But otherwise, we can remain nice and stable as well. Whichever whichever is more um, comfortable for you. But here's the song. All over the world, God's spirit is moving. All over the world, as the prophet said it would be. (sighs) Oh, <sighs> We're going to hear several pieces of scripture read to us this morning, and we're going to do it in several different languages, which probably is especially appropriate on the day of Pentecost. So, um, the first reading comes from Genesis chapter 11, the first nine verses, and they're going to be read in Hungarian. The text in English is on the screen, should you have some difficulties with following Hungarian. <laughs>
2: Magyar Biblia Társulat újrafordítású bibliája. Mózes első könyve 11. fejezet, elso vers-től a 9. verség. Bábel tornya. Az egész földnek egy nyelve és egyféle beszéde volt. Amikor útnak indultak keletről, Sineár földjén egy völgyre találtak, és ott letelepettek. Azt mondták egymásnak, Gyertek, vessünk téglát, és égessük ki jól. És a tégla lett az építőkövük, a földi pedig a habarcsuk. Azután ezt mondták, gyertek, építsünk magunknak várost és tornyot, amelynek teteje az ég ígérjen, és szerezzünk magunknak nevet, hogy elneszéledjünk az egész föld színén. Az úr pedig leszállt, hogy lássa azt a várost és a tornyot, amelyet az emberek építettek. Akkor ezt mondta az Úr. Most még egy népez, és minnyájuknak egy a nyelve. De ez csak a kezdete annak, amit tenni akarnak. És most semmi sem gátolja őket, hogy véghez vigyék mindazt, amit elterveztek. Menjünk csak le, és zavarjuk ott össze a nyelvüket, hogy ne értsék egymás nyelvét. Így szélesztette szét őket onnan az Úr az egész föld színére, és abbahagyták a a építését. Ezért nevezték azt Bábelnek, mert ott zavarta össze az Úr az egész föld nyelvét, és onnan szélesztette szét őket az Úr az egész föld színére.
0: John
3: ni bele keka wa wa ni joanu ore mokanla lati sekejo de ese meta de logun filipi we fun pe oluwa fiba baba na wa to fun jesu we bi akoko timo mo ba yin gbe ti pe to yi iwo ko si ti mo mi sibe o mi o baba Iwaw ati shewippe fi baba anwa. Iwo ko agbagokpe. Emi wani no baba. Ati pe baba wani no omi. Orotie emin so funyin. Emi koda so. Shubon baba tingbe no omi. Onsi in she isherer. Ekba mi bo. Emi wani no baba. Baba si wani no omi. Biko be e ba e gba mi gbo a awon ise na pa pa lo oto ni mo we fun yin eni ti o ba mi gbo ise ti emi nse li yo se pelu ise ti o to beju won yin lo ni yo si se nitori ti emin lo baba O ko ohun ti eyin ba si bere le oruko mi ohun na le emi o se ki ale ni baba logo ninu omo bi eyin ba bere onkoun li mi emi o se bi ba feran o baba o won si li olutunu ki o ma ba yin gbe lai lai ati emi o ti to eni ti araye ko gba nitori ti ...be ni cosi mo, shuban eni mo, ni tolu ti ombani be yosi wani no ni. John chapter 14, verses 25 to 27, read to us in
0: Welsh.
4: Yrwyf wedi dweud hyn wrthych traw fy naros gyda chwi. On byth yr eiriolwr, yr ysbryd glân, anfodaeth tad yn Y dysgu popeth i chwi, ac yn dw ar gof i chwi y cwbl a ddywedais i wrth eich. Yrwyf yn gadael eu chwi dangnefedd, y rwf yn roi e chwi fy nang, ngngdefedd fy hi fy hun. Nid fel y mae'r byd yn roi yrwy fin i chwi. peidiwch a gadael i ddim cynhyrfech calon a â agofni.
0: Good morning again, and it's really good to be with you this Pentecost Sunday, surrounded by red. It brings back memories of my church in the Czech Republic in Prague, a very international church, which was known to do colours. Uh, so much so that I think towards the end of our of my time there, um, we managed to turn up on Pentecost Sunday, all of us wearing red. I'm one of those people who finds colors important. So I do like red as a symbol of the Pentecost very much. It speaks to me. Perhaps it also speaks to you. Fire, energy, the wind, the flames, the unpredictable direction. They go scary and exciting at the same time. And yet... And yet, it can seem to be so far removed from what at least I see around me most of these days. Take us this morning here. We are gathered in Jesus' name, but so far there hasn't been a sound like a rush of a violent wind or tongues as a fire. We did speak in several languages. But that was, I suspect, different from all of us speaking in various languages as on the day of Pentecost. And I'm not sure if any moment now we'll see a rush of bewildered, perplexed crowd of Glaswegians and tourists all wanting to know what's happening here? What does this mean? What does this mean? provided it's not just a bunch of drunk folk. What does this mean? What did Pentecost mean and what does it mean today for us as a church and for the world around us that cares to watch? What does this mean? It's a very genuine question that I carry with me, not only during the Pentecost, but perhaps especially during Pentecost. In one way, I'd love to be transported in some sort of a time machine to that day, the first day of Pentecost, and see all the excitement, the energy, the crowd's reaction. But I think even then, I would still keep asking, what do those amazing events then mean for a place like Glasgow in 2016? Maybe it is an important question to keep asking for us as a church and to keep answering it again and again afresh. What does the Spirit's power mean? Can we see it? Can we experience it? And if so, how? What does this mean? I cannot answer this question on my own. We can only do it together as a church. But I might have a hunch about where the provisional answer might start. And here it is. Pentecost is about language. Pentecost is about language. Take the pronouns, for example. You know those little words like I and we and you and he and she. I'm really glad we sang that song, She Sits Like a Bird, just before the sermon. And for some of you, or for the people listening to the recording of this service, it might seem strange to hear the Spirit being referred to as a she. But this is the language I grew up with. Many of you know I come from Lithuania, and in my language, Holy Spirit is a she. Always has been. That's just how a language works. And Lithuanian is not the only language which refers to the spirit as she. The Hebrew word for spirit, ruach, used so many times in the Old Testament, is also feminine. Sometimes we translate it as wind or breath of God or even mind or will. And all of that is feminine. he or she. I envy such languages as Estonian and Finnish and Hungarian who don't have gender at all in their language. They just don't have it. And so when they speak of God, they don't need to worry about pronouns and whether it's a he or she. But my language and yours probably has highly regulated pronouns. So when I speak English, it's a strange exercise for me to be referring to, a spirit, to the spirit as a he, as the grammar requires. I don't always succeed, and at times my students, I, I teach theology, they look at me strangely, and then I realize that I just said the wrong pronoun. It's odd, it, it jars with my students' native grammar. But I think just as it's good for me to be reminded that God's Holy Spirit isn't just a she, most of English speakers may need to be reminded that Holy Spirit isn't a he either. And maybe that song that we sang about the bird brooding over waters helped you. But maybe you'll want to try it again, quietly in your head or whispering to yourself, God's Spirit has a She it certainly isn't unbiblical and yet it can sound so odd so strange maybe that is part of the pentecost to be a little bewildered bewildered by unconventional grammar to feel like our minds are bending and expanding and to be reminded that both she or he represent a limited view what the spirit is. Our grammar may limit us but if Pentecost does anything, it helps us to see that our way of saying things is not the only one and that we may need to learn other ways of speaking. Pentecost is about language. It challenges our preconceptions of who God is. It also challenges our preconceptions about ourselves. (coughs) Say, Peter, the star speaker of the day, we didn't get to that in the story, but you perhaps know that Peter addresses the crowd who has come to find out what is happening in this place. And we often think of Peter as the one who gives this speech, which has such an amazing result of people responding, wanting wanting to repent and become the disciples of Jesus. And it was only recently when I was looking at chapter 2 of uh, Acts of Apostles again, I noticed that it says, Peter standing with the eleven raised his voice. It wasn't a solo act. Peter was doing it as a part of the group, the group of people that just minutes ago were all speaking about God's amazing work in various languages. Likewise, in the reading we heard from John's Gospel, Jesus talks to his disciples about the advocate that he will ask the Father to send to be with them forever. This is where English, I think, is definitely at a disadvantage, and where it helps to read the passage, if you can, in other languages, which distinguish between you, singular, and you, plural. And actually, here in Scotland, we are in a slightly better position, because at least we can talk about you and yous when we are addressing more than one. And if it was my will, I think I would insist that this becomes the standard in English. You and use. Because when Jesus says that his father will send the advocate to be with his disciples forever, he's talking to use. What he says is the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to use. It's about us. It's about use. It's not about solo acts. And in the light of Pentecost, preaching the good news of Jesus is always communal. And there's never only an I. There's always that, we. Yes, each one of us can be touched, is touched by God's holy fire in a particular way, unique way indeed. But talking about Holy Spirit, seeing the Holy Spirit, really only makes sense if there is a community of people opening to the Spirit's movement. That's why Pentecost is often seen as the birthday of the church. That's this new reality that is only possible because of the Spirit's work. This was seen as the sign of the last days, when the Lord would pour out the Spirit upon all flesh, not just some elect, select Very special and theologically educated individuals who speak God's word. But God declared, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, servants, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. So it looks like there are really no spectator seats in the church. We're all called to share visions, dream dreams, and prophesy. Young and old, men and women, poor and rich, and in between, all of us. And it is amazing. And although we might like to think of ourselves as quite progressive folk, maybe it's as radical as during that first day of Pentecost. perhaps also it is at this point that we're likely to draw a blank. Prophecies? Visions? Dreams? What does this mean? I don't know if in your spiritual journey you've had any experience with charismatic expressions of the church. And if you did, maybe they have been good maybe not so much. And sometimes it almost looks like the church might be trying to emulate the style of that first Pentecost, hoping that this will create the right conditions for the spirit to descend and we'll finally see the whole thing happening all over again. But engineering circumstances and recreating fireworks doesn 't quite work, does it doesn 't quite feel like the events described about that first Pentecost. So then, if we can 't engineer such things, what do we make of visions and dreams and prophecies? How can we understand them, and perhaps more importantly. Even for what should we then be looking out today as the signs of the Spirit's activity? If Pentecost is about language, then at this point it might be good to recall our Old Testament reading, the one that we heard in Hungarian, which was about the Tower of Babel. At the Tower of Babel, Is it Babel in English or Babel? Babel. The humanity is introduced to the reality of many languages and cultures and is scattered throughout the world, rich in diversity, but struggling to relate, to understand each other, and therefore often at war with each other. What seems to happen on that first Pentecost... Is that people separated by a diversity of language and culture are now able to hear each other's languages and understand them? How exactly it happened, how exactly it was made possible, is not really the main question. What is crucial is that they were able to hear and understand the story of God's mighty works. And they were able to recognize themselves as part of the story, invited into that story. As Peter was saying, this, what you see today, is that which was spoken by God. Just as a prophet said, it would be. So whatever we make of tongues and prophecies, one thing is clear. On the day of Pentecost, these people could hear and understand the words spoken in different languages. And if there is a criterion for Pentecost, it must be about speaking in a way that people, ordinary people, other people, people different from us, can understand. That, I think, is the heart of Pentecost not an occurrence of ecstatic speech, which might or might not be there. The miracle of Pentecost is the gift of such new speech, new language. And it is the gift of the Spirit. It requires seeing, having a vision, Oh, the reign of God about Jesus spoke so much. It is about speaking things, prophesying, in a way that liberates people from whatever bondage has enslaved them. It involves dreams, not just any old dreams, but dreams about a world full of God's presence and the well-being of all living creatures. such dreams, such visions, such prophecies are a gift of the Spirit. The language of the Pentecost is impossible without the presence of the Spirit, without that wind, that fire that strangely warms our hearts, opens our mute mouths, gives us words when we thought we had none, and unites us, allowing us to speak As one. And that's what we can pray for together. For that gift of the Spirit. As we try to work out the meaning and the reality of the Pentecost among us today. And perhaps even more importantly, not just for Sunday, but for the everyday. our response. I suggest we sing a song which is a prayer asking God to help us to see and receive that gift of the Spirit it might be new to us so Paul will help us in learning it
4: If you have problems in your life, be still. God knoweth all your way, be still. If these problems you can face in the knowledge of God's grace, then his guiding hand you'll trace, be still. Be still and know that he is there. Be still, his love is everywhere. Look up and trust in him, though the light be weak and dim. Have his blessed peace within. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Lay the burden at his feet. Be still. Pray and trust. Go forth in peace. God care for you will never cease. Hold on. Let your faith increase. Be still. In this complex world of ours, When we find it hard to comprehend all that is going on, be still. When young families have to cope with modern living, be still. Help our government in Westminster and Holyrood as they govern to be still and think of fairness and justice for all. Be still and enjoy the Lord's creation. As a congregation, help us to be still as we go into a new chapter in our church's life. Amen.
0: we thank you for your extravagant generosity generosity which made life possible here on earth generosity which gave each one of us our life we thank you for so many blessings most of which we don't even realize are around us thank you for all that you have given us And we pray that you would continue to teach us your generosity, your way of seeing things, your way of sharing, which when shared, multiplies. Be blessed, thanked, and praised, our loving, generous God. Amen. and do the things he has done dream dreams pursue visions and speak of God's wonders and the words of those who would hear we go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ